Well, we're going to be in the book of Job again this morning. Job chapter number 1 and 2 is where we're going to uh, spend our time today. We've taken some time over the past several uh, Sunday mornings and just considered uh, some lessons out of the book of Job. And, and uh, we're not going all the way through the book uh, verse by verse or anything of that nature. But I just believe that there are some things that the Lord wants us to glean and learn from the life of Job and his sufferings and, and uh, really to gain a biblical perspective on the trials of life. You know, the thing is, this life is filled with trial and trouble. And uh, none of us is exempt from that. All of us have faced difficulties, trials, valleys. Some of you are now walking through some dark days in your life. And the reality is, I don't want to be the cold water committee here, but the fact of the matter is, if we have much life ahead of us, we'll go through more. It's just the reality of life. There are trials, there are difficulties. But I'm thankful that God is always with us. And he's promised to watch over us and care for us uh, through these things. We've, we've considered some of the, the realities of that as we've looked at Job chapters 1 and 2. But this morning I want to look at an aspect of the book of Job that I think gets overlooked. When we look at the big picture of Job, frequently I think that we overlook the reality of what was taking place behind the scenes in ways that Job could not see. And so we're in Job 1 this morning. And if you're able, would you stand with me as we read the scripture? Job chapter 1, verse number 6. I want you to notice this narrative. That it's really kind of a strange situation, at least it seems to be for us. It says in Job 1, verse number 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Look over to chapter 2 and verse number 1. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered, my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth 
thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. I want to preach to you a message this morning entitled, More Than Meets the Eye. More Than Meets the Eye. Let's pray. Our Father, as we look into your word here in these next few moments, I pray that you would open our eyes to understand some things maybe that we have not understood or have not considered, or maybe we just are forgetful of some things and need to be reminded of them. But Lord, would you help us to see the truth of this situation in the word of God And Lord, to be able to make application in our lives to understand that there are often things happening behind the scenes that we cannot see or perceive, but Lord, would you help us to trust you? I pray, Lord, that if there be uh, some people here that are just struggling and in a time of, of fear and worry and wondering, that you would offer them comfort and hope through your word today. I pray, Lord, that if there be any among us today that is here Outside of Christ, they're lost. They are not born again. They're not on their way to heaven. I pray that today they would understand their need, recognize that there's coming a day that they're going to stand before you, and they need to be ready for that day. May they turn to Christ and be saved. We'll praise you, Lord, for what you do in this place and ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. One of the things that we've mentioned throughout our study of the book of Job is the fact that we, when we face difficulties and trials in life, we often struggle with the question of why. Why is this happening to me? Why am I facing the things that I'm facing? And we even took some time and and touched on the fact that there can be causes uh, to some of our trials, that, that it may be uh, for God's children. Maybe we've gotten out of the will of God and, and, and the Lord is bringing some chastening in our lives to try and bring us to a point of repentance. And that is a reality that needs to be considered. Lord, are you trying to get my attention on something? Or it, it is very possible that the Lord is just allowing us to go through trials because there are things in our lives that he's trying to work out of us, right? And uh, Jesus said it in John chapter 15, that every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. There are things sometimes that God just has to purge out of our lives. And trials and difficulties have a way of doing that. And even to strengthen us and help us and prepare us for other things that might come down the road. There are many, many reasons that a person could face trials and does face trials in life. But one of the things that I think gets overlooked a lot of times, and mainly because uh, the, our way of thinking is we, we try to uh, ascribe a, a, some kind of a, a reason or an answer to everything. We would like to have a natural explanation. If I'm sick, it's because such and such a part of my body isn't functioning properly or I've got this virus and it's causing this problem. If there's some kind of a natural disaster, well, that's the weather and whatever. And we understand that those are all real things. But we are so focused on the natural explanation of things that I think often we discount the spiritual side of things. Did you know that just as sure as God is real today, so is Satan? You know that to be true? We have a very real God that we worship today. We we believe that he is in our presence here today because he's told us he would be. 
he is real. And though we can't see him with our eyes, we, we know that he is real. And, and, and we've believed on him. And most of us have experienced a transformation in life that comes uh, through salvation. And we experience the fellowship that we have with God as we walk with him daily and reading the word of God and in prayer. We've seen with our own eyes answers to prayer that only God could do. We know that God is real. But just as sure as he is real, we have a very real enemy who is working for our destruction. He's working to tear us down, to destroy us. Jesus said in John chapter 10, speaking of Satan, that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And you can be sure that just as much as God is working in your life today, Satan and his demons, his angels, are actively working in this world too, and are working against you to try and cause you to stumble, to try and cause you to fall. And as we talk about the, uh, this situation with Job and his life and his trial that he faced, how often do we overlook the fact that behind the scenes, there was a spiritual battle that was taking place that was very real, and it direct, uh, directly affected Job. There was a battle that was taking place between God and Satan. That Job felt the weight of and, felt, and, and really caught the brunt of the, of the battle. This was a real situation that happened. Now, God said that these things happened. Ephesians chapter 6, what does it say in verse 12? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Did you know that the problems in our society today, in our nation, our problem is not really with our elected leaders? That may seem strange to you because you might look at them and say, no, 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 I know this guy's the problem and this woman's the problem. Listen, I know them too. I see the faces of it. But the idea of Ephesians 6 is it's actually not them that are the problem. What, there is something behind them. There's a, there's a motivation. There's a force behind them. There is spiritual wickedness in high places that is working and orchestrating things to bring about destruction and downfall. Did you know that when there are issues and problems in relationships and strife between the brethren, your problem is not really with a brother or sister in Christ. It may feel that way. And they may even be the one carrying out the actions to cause the problems. But actually, Satan is the divider. He's the enemy of peace. He's the author of confusion. And, and he seeks to work in ways to manipulate people and circumstances to try to bring about divisions and problems in churches. Did you know that your problem in your homes... Ladies is not with your husbands. Husbands is not with your wives. Children, it's not with your parents or parents with your children. The issue is that there are spiritual forces. There are Satan and his demons. We have enemies that are working against us to orchestrate situations to cause us to pit us against one another and to cause divisions among us. And I know that that might sound strange and superstitious to you. It's not. It's the reality of the situation. There is a spiritual world beyond that which is physical, which we can see and touch and feel. And there are things taking place 
you do not understand that are happening in your life behind the scenes. There's more than meets the eye. For Job, as he lost everything that he lost, his wealth, his possessions, his servants, his position, his children, eventually his health, when he lost all of these things, it seemed to Job like God just took away all of these things. God, why are you doing this? Job did not know that there were things happening behind the scenes. And so today I want to just kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and get a glimpse, a rare glimpse, into some of the workings of the spiritual world and how they actually affect our lives on a daily basis. And hopefully this will be of some help to you. The first thing I want to point out to you in Job chapter 1 is that there was a presentation that was made. Presentation. Verse number 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. There was this day, and we read of another day like this in chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. So apparently, at least twice, and most likely this is a common occurrence, there was a presentation that was to be made. Now, the, we, we read those words, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And what that seems to be is a reference not to just individual people, but actually to angelic beings that the angels have to report to the Lord. They have to report to God and, and give account for their lives and what they are doing. And notice that it says, and Satan came also among them. Now, this might seem strange to you. Satan's not supposed to be in heaven before the throne of God. But here's what we need to remember. Satan himself is a created being. Satan is a fallen angel. The Bible describes him as an angel called Lucifer, the anointed cherub that fell from heaven. And Satan himself, though he is evil and wicked and he's the enemy of God and he's the enemy of God's people, he is a created being. He is a created angel and still must act within a limited scope of what God allows. And so just like all the angels must report to God and present themselves to the Lord, Satan himself has to report to the Lord. By the way, this should be encouraging to us, because even Satan, that great enemy that we face, the one who's caused so much fear, the one who has shaken the nations and caused them to tremble and and, and caused all of these problems for mankind from the very beginning, he was already a defeated foe. He's never had the upper hand in the struggle between Satan and God. Even as one who curses God and hates God and seeks to overthrow his kingdom, he still is subject to the King of kings and Lord of lords. He must still present himself and give account for himself. You see, the Bible says in Isaiah 46 that God declares the end from the beginning. From the very beginning, before ever the creation of the world, God already knew the end and already declared the end. Do you know what happens in the end? Well, Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. He's defeated. And even though he's been given some leash here on this earth to have some dominion and some rule here, that is still within the confines of his submission to God. He cannot overthrow God. He had to present himself to the Lord. 
And notice it says in verse number 7 of Job 1, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. So God says to Satan, um, Where have you been? Time to give account. What have you been doing? Satan says, well, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth, walking up and down in it. Now, by the way, Satan's tricks aren't new. Remember what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8? It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. That's what he was doing back in Job's day. That's what he's doing today. And so here he comes before the Lord and he says, well, I'm, I'm basically looking for subjects that I can work in their life to try and destroy them. I've been walking around in the earth, Lord. Now this is, to me, this is very good news. Because Satan, my enemy, the one who hates me and hates my God and seeks to destroy me, is still under the control of God. And even though he's been given some leeway to do certain things, he can go no further than God allows him to go. He is still under God's thumb. And I would much rather be in the loving hands of my loving God and under his control than in the cruel hands of an enemy. Now Satan here was going to work to bring about trouble and problems in Job's life. And it would feel, if you read the rest of the book of Job, it would feel to Job as though God had forsaken him and God had forgotten him. But it's obvious from reading here in chapter 1, chapter 2, and the latter part of the book, that all the while God knew exactly what Job needed, what Job was able to endure, and was watching over and protecting him. The Bible says in First. 1 Corinthians 10, that God will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. I'm thankful that God always restrains Satan at least enough to keep us from, uh, from being destroyed, from being overcome by Satan's antics. God is in control. Now, what is the application in your life? Friend, I don't know what it is that you are facing today, but I want you to know this. Nothing can befall you that God does not allow. And God has promised that he will watch over you, that he will protect you, and that he will help you and strengthen you, even in the valley. That's why David was able to say in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Because I know wherever God leads, whatever God allows, even if it is not God's hand against me, even if it's Satan, even if it's my enemy seeking to destroy me, God's going to keep him on enough of a leash and he's going to walk with me through that, that he's going to help me through. Friend, I want you to know, no matter what you're facing today, God can get you through. God's watching over you, he's caring for you, and he can get you through. There's a presentation. God, from the very beginning... Think of this immense, tragic trial that Job is facing. But from the very beginning, we are introduced to God as being supreme over all. 
Notice also he says in verse number 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? Verse 9, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Thou hast made a hedge about him. He says, I want you to put your hand forth against him. Verse 11, Put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Look at verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. I'm giving you permission to touch what he has. But he says, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. You can touch his possessions. You can even touch his family, but you can't touch Job. You know what happened? Satan didn't touch Job. He could go no further than God allowed. Chapter 2, God tells him, you can touch his body, but don't take his life. You know what happened? He was smitten with boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Everything Satan could do, he was going to do, but he couldn't take his life. God protected Job. Strange as that may seem to you, God was protecting Job. Why? Because there's a presentation. Be because God is in control. Because God is supreme over all. And he reigns in the affairs of men. Nothing you face, nothing you have ever faced, has taken you out of God's... Oh, I'm, I'm out of God's hands now. I'm just in Satan's hands. No, no, no. That's not how this works, friends. God is watching over you. So there was a presentation. Secondly, I want to show you the plan. Look at verse 11 of chapter 1. Look what Satan's intention was. Satan says to God, But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. What, what was Satan's motivation? What was he trying to do here? Look at verse 5 of chapter 2. Satan says something similar, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. Think about this. God has pointed out Job to Satan as an example. And he said, have you considered him? Here's a man who's upright, he's just, he fears me and he eschews evil. I mean, he, he walks with God, he trusts God. Job was an example, a testimony against Satan. And Job says, here's what I want you to do. Take what he has, take the hedge away, touch his body, touch his health, and here's what he's going to do. He's going to curse you to your face. What is Satan's attempt? What is his reasoning? The world paints this picture of Satan as if he's just this, you know, weird creature that's got horns and a tail and a pitchfork and he's just kind of sadistic and delights in harming and torturing people, I want you to know that's actually a very whitewashed version of what Satan is. Satan is our enemy. He's the enemy of God. And Satan's attempt to overthrow God's kingdom is always to cause people to be separated from God. And so what's he saying? God, I want you to do this or allow this in his life because... If you do, I know that he will curse you to your face. In other words, I'm going to bring trials, I'm going to bring suffering in order to turn Job's heart away from God. Now, friend, I want you to, to know this. When you face trials, tribulations, and suffering in life, God wants to use that in your life to draw you closer to himself. Satan wants to use it to drive a wedge between you and God. 
He wants to allow things like bitterness and anger and resentment and hurt to cause you to push away from God and to get out of the will of God because he knows he's one. God wants to use it to draw you closer, to mold you and shape you into the image of Christ. Just like the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that God works all things together for good, that we might be conformed to the image of His Son. This is what God is doing. He's trying to work in our lives and mold us and shape us. And Satan is trying to tear down and to destroy. What's he saying here? I want you to notice, again, Satan's old tricks. Chapter 1 and verse number 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? He doesn't really fear you. He, he puts up with you because you bless him. That's what he's saying. Job's fear of you, his worship of you is not sincere. It's, it's really self-serving. You've blessed him, therefore he continues to you know, put quarters in the machine and hope to get blessings out. That's the idea. Well, what is this? This is an accusation against Job. Do you know who Satan is? Revelation 12 calls him the accuser of our brethren who accuses us before God day and night. That's what he does. He accuses us. He makes accusations against us toward God. And in other words, Satan goes before God and he says about me, he says, hey, you know that Brian Weiss down there? Look at the sin that he's had in his life. Do you see that? And even after you saved him, look how he continued going on and struggling and dealing with, with sin. And at times he, he, he really didn't, didn't even care about what you said. And, and, and by the way, even after he supposedly got his heart right with you, he still continues to struggle with sin on a regular basis. And, and, and he still gets angry and he, and, and he still disobeys. And he still doesn't walk with you like he said he was going to. See, God, this is the one that you say is your child. And he accuses me before God. Do you know he does the same thing to you? He brings up your sin. He brings up your past. He brings up your failures. And he says, God, how could you love him? Why would you care about him? I mean, he says he's yours, but his life doesn't always show it, does it? He's the accuser of our brethren. Now, here's the thing. If you're in Christ and you have the blood of Christ applied to your life, you know what the Bible says, that Christ was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And now I have been declared righteous in the sight of God, and everyone who's ever been saved has been declared righteous in the sight of God. And when God looks down at us, he says, uh, Satan, what are you talking about? That's a righteous child of God. Don't you see Christ's righteousness? That's what I see when I look at him. I see the righteousness of my son applied to his life. And Satan can try all he wants to accuse me before God, but it's not going to work because I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who advocates on my behalf. Aren't you thankful for that? So Satan's trying to accuse Job to God, but that doesn't work. So instead of accusing Job to God, Satan turns his sights on accusing God to Job causing Job to believe things about God that aren't true. Things like this. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't love me. 
After all, if God really loved me, why would I have to deal with losing ten children? Why would I be living every day in constant pain with the boils in my flesh? Why would I be dealing with these friends who've turned on me? And, 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 and I, I went from, from, from being the richest man in the world to being a pauper and living in poverty. And after all, if God really cared. Friend, have you ever felt like that? I know the Bible says that God is good. I know the Bible says that God is just. But if that were true, here's what I hear from people all the time. Why all the suffering in the world? Why, why would a loving God allow all of these tragic and horrible things to come upon man? There's an easy answer for that. It's not God. It's sin. We've chosen sin. And sin brought into the world affects everyone. But here's the thing. Satan, man, he's working against Job. He's working to try and cause Job to curse God, to drive a wedge. Friend, maybe there's something in your life today that God wants to bring about and use for good, to draw you closer to himself, but you're allowing it actually to push you away from God. Understand, that's Satan's goal. It's not God's. Then... Thirdly and quickly, I want to just offer you some perspective here about this trial and the things that happen. Job chapter 1, look at verse 11. Satan says to God, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. Chapter 2, verse number uh, 5. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. I want to offer you a little perspective today. We understand that nothing happens without God allowing it. God's in control of everything. And it is true. Satan can do no more than what God will allow him to do. But did you notice what Satan wanted God to do? He said, I want you to touch him. I want you to harm him. God didn't do it. He, he allowed Satan. He said, he's in your hand. In other words, if you're going to curse him, you curse him. But I'm not putting forth my hand against my servant. Now, throughout the book, Job assumes this is the hand of the Lord against me. It wasn't the hand of the Lord against him. It was the hand of Satan against him. Yes, God allowed it. God had a purpose in it. We see it toward the end of the book, the things that God was trying to work in Job's life. And, and yet, it wasn't God bringing cursing in his life. You see, the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse number 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, God, the, the good gifts and perfect gifts of life and the blessings that are poured out, those come from God. But God didn't move his hand against his servant. Satan moved his hand against his servant. Why, why should that bring perspective to us, friend? Because 
though God had a purpose in allowing it, God brought blessing. Even at the end of the book, it was God who turned the captivity of Job. It was God who blessed the latter end of Job. God brought blessing. Satan brought cursing. And friend, whatever it is that you might be facing today, you can be angry with the devil. You can be angry with sin. You can be angry with yourself. But don't be angry with God. God created all things good. God brings good things to his people. God brings blessings upon his people. Satan's the one who's out to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I know that this may seem strange to some. It might seem like, well, this was thousands of years ago. And, you know, is that really a literal account of what happened? Or is it just man trying to understand? Listen, this is, a, this is God's word. This is what God said happened. You need to understand something. All these thousands of years later, we still have an enemy. And Satan is actively working. You know what he's working to do? In the lost of the world, the people that don't know Christ, he's working to blind their minds. 2 Corinthians 4 tells us that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. There is a blindness over the hearts of those who are without Christ. Many religious people, many church-going people, are blinded to the truth of their own sin and their need for a savior. They're blinded to the truth of the gospel and they're still living life trying to work their way to God. That's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to confuse, he's trying to distort, he's trying to blind the minds. For those of us who <clears throat> are saved, we've had our eyes open to that truth. Praise the Lord for that. But Satan's still working Try and keep us from being effective in serving him. Try and keep us from being fruitful. To try and keep us from abiding in Christ as we've been commanded to do. To walking in the spirit. And he wants to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to tear down. He wants to cause you to stumble and struggle and fall. And today can I just say. As Satan's working in your life. And God is working in your life. Can I encourage you, please, to yield to God? Trust Him. Whatever it is you might be facing, trust that God's way is always the best way, even when it doesn't make sense to you. And know that God has a purpose and a plan. He's working in your life to bring about good. Not just good things from a human perspective, but true, eternal, spiritual good to conform us to the image of Christ.